Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Good morning, Christ Community Church. Ah, oh, come on. I know it's a little warm in here. We're going to do some surgery on the AC. Calm down. But look, look, it's a little warm for you. The lights are directly on me. All right, and, um, and I sweat, anyway, I sweat like a politician in front of a lie detector anyway, so just naturally, so this is going to be bad. I'm going to be just like flop sweat up here, but I, I know because I'm a lawyer I get zero sympathy, but let's try that again. Good morning, Christ Community Church. There we are, all right. We are kicking off our new series called B happy, a study of Jesus' Beatitudes, a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And so, you know, I, I started digging into this about happiness, and there, there's, I was shocked to find, uh, maybe you can just find research on anything, but there is so much research out there on happiness. There are even happiness gurus, people paid to consult you on how to be happy. Isn't that strange? But, and here's what the study showed. Like one, one study broke down a bunch of other studies and said, here's, here's the way it goes. It says that people tend to be happier if they have close friends, if they have a job or a hobby that they like. I don't know why you'd have a hobby you didn't like, but anyway. <laughs> who volunteer to help. Now, there's something to that. Who have a pet. I think there's got to be some exceptions there. Any guy whose wife has a cat, one. I'm sorry. I, you know me. I am not a cat person. You've heard me say this before. I am telling you when Adam was naming the animals in the Garden of Eden, it walks up and goes, cat. And God went, hey, hey, I didn't make that. Um, I am telling you, I am a dog person. I am a dog person. And I'll tell you this. Here's another, this is, I have a theological argument here. There is cat theology and there is dog theology. Here, here's the difference. A dog looks at its owner and says, you feed me, you care for me, you are God. A cat looks at its owner and says, you feed me, you take care of me, I am God. <laughs> but even though I'm a dog person, I inherited a dog when my wife and I married, her dog. Her dog, which she gave to me and said, will you take and put it in your house till we get married? Yeah, so I take the dog. And the dog, she told me, was 12 years old. So I figure, how long does it have? <laughs> it's got three legs, two teeth, cataracts. We should call it lucky. Um, but anyway, and, and so this thing, so no, I, I take this thing in and it just gets healthier and healthier and, and healthier. It's just run around on three legs like it's got a motor on it. It's just, it's unreal. And then I take it to the doctor, and the doctors are like, well, the shelter told you it was 12 years old? I said, yeah. I said, no, it's nine. I'm like, oh, any more good news? They said, yeah, it's in perfect health. Great. Great. And I love dogs, but this thing sheds everywhere. This thing chews anything with its two teeth. You'd think you want to conserve energy there, right? 
chews it, and then goes, you know what, on the floor, no matter how many times I take it out, and it just drives me crazy. And this dog, but I will admit this, even though if you're interested in this dog, meet me after service, but anyway, um, this dog, I will give it this. It is smart to the point where I'm a little afraid to go sleep at night because here's what happened. So I get the dog. I buy the dog a dog crate with a little dog bed to put it in during the day. I put it in the crate. I lock the crate. I come home from work, and the dog is sitting on the couch. (laughs) And there's poop on the floor. I'm like, how did it do that? So I go in there, and I look, and I see that it actually chewed part of the door off and was able to get the door open. Somehow it closed back, and it got out. I was like, oh, great. So then I went and get a plastic dog crate, and I put this thing in a plastic dog crate with a steel door. I'm like, yeah, take that. Well, guess what happened? I came home. There it is on the couch, and there's the poop on the floor. And I'm like, so then I think, okay, I'm looking at this dog crate. I'm thinking, how did it pull this off? And I saw the crate, what it did was it squeezed itself through the side and popped out that way. Ah, I get you. Zip ties. I'll zip tie that sucker. And so I did. I zip tied it tight, every single one of them, put it in there, said, I'll see you at 5 o'clock. Come home. There it was on the couch. There was the poop on the floor. How it did it, I still don't know. I'm tempted to do it again and put a camera in there because I really want to know. There may be something to those cats and dogs movies where, you know, uh, they may have some kind of secret society going on. But they say you're happier if you have a pet. Okay, generally that may be true. You're happier if you have a close family. You're happier if you exercise. You're happier if you have, you know, a positive outlook. Okay. I'll concede all of that, that a person will be happier if they do all those things or a mixture of those things. I can see that. The problem with that is this. All of those things I just listed can disappear. All those things can go. Your pets will die. They will die. You will get to the point at some age, if you're lucky, to the point where you may not be able to exercise anymore. That just may happen. Family moves away. Family members die. Friends move away. Friends die. This just happens. You lose jobs, even jobs you like. These things happen. They disappear. And so if you put all your happiness into that, if that's where you look to your happiness, at some point that happiness is going to go bye-bye. Now, as I told you last week, there's, I believe, a misperception in a lot of churches. A lot of churches seem to preach that you can either be happy or you can be holy. But I don't believe that's true. That's only if you equate happiness with basically sin, I think. And that's the only sense that makes to me. But did Jesus have something to say about this? I think he did. So we're going to look at two of the Beatitudes today, one, that, one and another one that kind of builds off the other. Let's go there. So we're going to start in Matthew 5, 3, and look at that first. So Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you look over at the Gospel of Luke when he's preaching, he says, just blessed are the poor. But, as some scholars have said, if Jesus preached that sermon once over three years, he may have preached it 50 times. And so he could have, there were some different things there. But, 
what does it mean to be poor in spirit? And what does it mean to be blessed? We have to get over this. Too many church people, they see the word blessed in scripture. They automatically think health and money, right? I'm going to get lots of good health, have more Mercedes, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to have have wealth. I'm going to have fame. I'm going to have all this kind of stuff. That is not what the Bible means by blessed. The Greek word makarios is the word that Matthew is using there. And the Greek word makarios means a couple different things. It means to be in divine favor. It means privileged. And it also means, wait for it, happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. How could you be happy and poor in spirit? Well, what poor in spirit means, what most Bible scholars believe poor in spirit means in Greek is this. It means simply this. You know your spirit, your soul needs something that the world cannot provide. You know you need, in short, God. When you know you need God, you are on the road to happiness. Because you will not find a happiness that is eternal until you know you need God and you find God. And you get into a relationship with God, a growing relationship with God. Until those things happen, you will have a happiness that can disappear. But this is an eternal happiness. The poor in spirit know they need God. Now, for Christians, you're like, duh, we all know we need God, right? Right? Uh, kind of. I'm sorry, I have to rest. I've been wrestling with this microphone all morning. I hate this microphone, even though I know it's my own fault. I have deformed ears, and I, I used to blame it on the A plant, but that's really not fair. It's probably genetic. Um, I remember driving through Grayson, Kentucky, which is where my mom is from, with my grandmother one afternoon. And she just goes, oh, there's your cousin, and oh, that's your cousin, and that's your third cousin. And after about five or six of those, just going through town, I'm like, does this pool have a filter? I mean, you know? <laughs> we all just been hunkered in Grayson for a long time. This is <sighs> my ears. I can't find a mic that fits my ears. Anyway, you think we know. Okay, but you understand this. Jesus is talking to people who really know they need God, because here's why. Okay. Um, today at some point, I will go to Kroger in Wheelersburg and get groceries. And I will walk in there. This is the day that I meal prep for the rest of the week. So I'll go in there and get my chicken and my broccoli and all other kind of stuff. I'll get all that stuff and I'll go home and I'll put it in my refrigerator. If I want food, that's what I do. But to the people Jesus is speaking to, if they want food, God's got to send rain or they get no food. In an agricultural society like that, if the fish aren't biting and the weather doesn't cooperate, you don't eat. And so these are people who really know they need God. We are so comfortable that we don't even think about that. I mean, when was the last time, honestly, you were in a grocery store, looked around at all the food available to you and went, thank you, Lord. You don't. You go, why does that cost so much? And by the way, when did toilet paper get so expensive? (laughs) Goodness sakes. (sighs) Anyway, 
They knew they needed God. We often are so comfortable. We've got Netflix. We've got Wi-Fi. We've got our iPhone. We've got, and we're so just surrounded by our pop culture and, and entertainment all the time. And we're sitting there entertaining ourselves. And we've got food everywhere. Just everywhere. I mean, how many fast food restaurants are in Scioto County? I think you'd get a PhD figuring all that out. I mean, they're everywhere. We have food everywhere. And we never stop to thank God for that. But they did all the time. When it rained, the farmers praised God because they know if God didn't show up and help them, they weren't going to eat. They really knew they needed God. Typically, when do we think we need God? In a crisis. It's only typically in a crisis when we think we really need God. And I'll show you a test. I mean, when was the last time you prayed like white-knuckle prayers? Like you're holding on to the throne with everything you got, and you're begging, and you're pleading. Typically in crisis. Now, I was thinking about how to illustrate this this week. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a Clint Eastwood or John Wayne movie that fit, but I did find something close. How many of you know, remember Burt Reynolds? Oh, yeah, Burton J. Reynolds, right? Smokey, Gator, Longest Yard. He did a movie back, I think it was the late 70s, early 80s. And I remember watching this movie on TV. How many of you remember the movie of the week on like ABC and NBC? They'd have like a movie of the week. And you could, so you could watch any movie and you could watch it with your family because they took all the cuss words and nudity out of it. And you just, so the whole family would get together and watch whatever. And so I remember watching this movie. The movie was called The End with Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. And I ran Sally Field. And I remember watching this movie like on an ABC movie of the week or something like that, watching it with my dad. And so it's, it's a great, great movie. And by, but by the way, you know, I would tell you, I, I used to tell people, if they want to watch movies as a Christian and they don't want to be tempted, they don't want all that kind of stuff, there used to be a company called VidAngel that you could download an app on your phone and you could order on your iPad or whatever, and you could order movies and TV shows and then you could put what you wanted filtered out and they would just edit it out for you. So you could edit out all the profanity, edit out all the nudity, all that kind of stuff. And I used to do that for my son. My, my, my son said, I want to watch this movie. I'm like, hey, well, we're filtering this stuff out. Now you can watch the movie. And I would order it for him. But then they got sued by Disney for censorship. And so they're in federal court right now. They can't really do much. And this cracks me up. This lawsuit cracks me up because they used to sell these movies to ABC, NBC, Steve's, and let them do the exact same thing for decades. So why? I have no idea. So... I wouldn't recommend you watch this movie unfiltered, but there is one scene that I really like. This is from the end. Burt Reynolds has been diagnosed with, with a terminal disease, and he knows he's going to suffer a lot, and so he's trying to decide what, what he does. Does he just put up with it, or does he end it? What does he do? What does he do? And so one day he decides he's going to take this long swim and decide whether or not he's going to give up the ghost or whether or not, and so he, gets, he doesn't realize he swum way too far out in the ocean, so he starts doing this with God. Roll it. I can never make it. Help me, Lord. Please. I promise not to try and kill myself anymore. Save me and I swear I'll be a better father. I'll be a better man. I'll be a better everything. All I ask is, make me a better swimmer. Oh, God. 
I can't do this to Julie. We can't do this to Julie. Oh God, let me live and I promise to obey every one of the Ten Commandments. I shall not kill. I shall not commit adultery. I shall not. I, uh, I'll learn the Ten Commandments. Just get me back to the beach. I'll be honest in business. I promise not to sell lakeside lots unless there's a lake around. I want to see another sunrise. I want to see another sun. All right, now tell me if you've ever had an illness, if you've ever been in a crisis, you've done that. You've done some form of bargaining with God. All right, I'll give you 10%, Lord, like he doesn't already own it, right? You get all this stuff, you start, and you do this, I, I guarantee that if we had you all hooked up to lie detectors right now, we asked you what you thought when you drove around and you saw that $435 million Powerball lotto, at least I would bet a third of you went, oh, Lord, you know what good I would do with that money? It's only when we want something that we go to God and like have this like we put on this sincere voice. We we don't do this every day, and we don't thank God enough for what He's already done. One of the other keys to being happy is being a thankful person. We spend too much time in prayer asking and not enough time in prayer saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Every day is a gift. Your life is a gift. Every breath is a gift. Every day is a gift from. God. And we need to be thankful people. And the poor in spirit know that. The poor in spirit know that. And also, Jesus goes on in 5-6, he says, again, happy, blessed, or happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, what righteousness means is typically right relationship with God. You not only know you need God, you are working hard to make sure your relationship with God is good. This entails a lot of things. Now, why aren't there more happy Christians? I think that there is basically a feeling within Christianity that as long as I've got my ticket punched, I'm fine. I said the little prayer, I asked to be forgiven, so I'm good. I'm going to heaven. But the Christian life is not just being saved from hell. It's much, much, much more than that. And so those who hunger and thirst for rights, a right relationship with Christ. Here's what I tell people. This is not brain surgery. This is, this is easy to figure out. To, in order to get, grow closer to God, what you have to do, study scripture, pray regularly, worship, and give. That's what you have to do. Now, caveat, all right? I understand that for some of you, you said, look, I went, I went to men's Bible study or I went to women's Bible study and you know, I, I, I pray, you know, most days and, you know, and, and, and so I'm going to church and I'm still just not happy. Well, quite frankly, you may need more of it. Look, here's what I've learned is, you know, um, being a personal fitness trainer, um, 
People come to me, <laughs> the irony just hit me. The answer I gave when I practice law and the answer I give my clients when they ask me questions in the gym are always the same. They say, how do I do this? And I say, mm, don't know. And it wasn't just I'm trying to rack up hours. It's, it, it was, I, I said I don't know because it all depends. Every case is different. It's always going to be different. And the harder you dig into a case, things change. And when you're working someone out, the problem is everybody has different genetics. Everybody has different body types. People respond differently to different types of exercise. Some people, the studies show that, you know, for the average guy over 40, you should not be, like, doing heavy cardio. You shouldn't be doing a lot of cardio because that lowers your testosterone. But is that true for every guy over 40? No. It just depends. Everybody is different. And so I have to tell my clients, we're just going to have to jump in and try some things and see what your body responds to. What kind of diet? There's a what? Can you give me a meal plan? I said, yeah, I'll give you a meal plan. I said, but it's probably not going to do you that much good because you're going to have to decide what foods you're going to eat. What You have to find healthy foods you like and, and eat those. And then we may still have some problems. I've got, have got clients who like, oh, oatmeal. Yeah, I'll eat oatmeal. I like oatmeal. Oatmeal's good for me. I'll eat oatmeal. And then they start getting fat. Like, what's going on? I said, eating too much oatmeal. But it's healthy. Not that much of it's not. It's, it's, it's just, you know, everybody's different. And, okay, so if everybody is different physically, why should we think that everybody is the same spiritually? I do know some people who can wake up and read scripture for 15 minutes, say a five-minute prayer, and go off and be good with God and happy. And I know some other people who you just need, let's put it this way, they need a lot more of it. A lot, lot, lot more of it. They just do. You may be one of those people, you just have to work up to an hour a day in prayer in order to be close to God. You may have to read entire books of the Bible at a time. You may be that person. I am that person. I am not one of those guys that can do drive-by prayers and look at a little devotional and be good with God. I'm way too rebellious and stubborn for that. I know myself. I have a serious problem. You guys know I have a serious problem with authority just as I have a serious problem with people who drive slow in the left lane. And so I struggle with that. I really struggle with that. I really have to spend a lot of time praying and sometimes fasting and all other kind of stuff to get anywhere close to where I need to be. It's a struggle for me. It's a daily struggle for me. And I'm guessing I'm not alone. It may take you more time. But here's the deal. If you really want to be happy, and who doesn't want to be happy? I have met some people where I wondered. They just seem to really, for some reason, enjoy being miserable. Have you ever met that person? I don't get that. I want to be happy. I want people around me to be happy. And so, if you want to be happy, what I'm telling you is this. Even if you're not a Christian, listen to me here. Even if you're not a Christian, Jesus was a pretty sharp dude. And here's the thing, back when we had bookstores, before Amazon came along, and we had bookstores, I was amazed at how many self-help books were everywhere. Now I'm amazed at how many self-help things are on TV. And it, it, all the how do you get this had Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz and all this other kind of stuff. And, 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 and then, as I told you last week, this amazed me. 
there are trace amounts of antidepressants in all of our water in North America because we take so many of them. We are the richest country in the history of the world, and we're miserable. We're absolutely miserable. So if you're not a Christian, let, let me just hear me out for a second. Why not give it a shot? You've tried everything else. Try following what Jesus says to be happy. And he wants you to be happy. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I think he wants you to be happy. One, he loves you. But two, also he wants you to be happy because you have a mission. You and I have a mission. He gave us a mission. The Great Commission is our mission. And so we are to go and make disciples of all nations. Every Christian is called to make other Christians. And here's the deal. If you're an unhappy, depressed person, you're not going to make other disciples because people will run the other way when you try to approach them. Nobody likes to be around miserable people. They just don't. And so we have, a, have this mission to share the gospel with people, which, by the way, if you don't know what that means, it's this simple. Every single one of us have sinned. All of you. All of you have sinned. Probably today. I can't make it through a morning. I've tried. I thought, well, if I sleep really late. Didn't work. Sin in my dreams. So, it, it, it's just, we sin every day. We need forgiveness. And here's the deal. When we sin, that is treason against our Lord the creator and ruler of his, this universe. It is treason against God. What is the penalty for treason? Death. So somebody's got to pay the penalty for that treason. So either you pay the penalty for that treason or you come to Christ and he says, I'll pay it for you on the cross. That is the gospel. That's easy enough for anyone to share and we have a mission that we're supposed to be sharing that. And we're going to be better at it if we're happier people. And we're only going to be happy people if we invest in eternal things. And the things Jesus says, this will make you happy. If you know you need me, Jesus says, and you hunger and thirst to get closer and closer to me, then you will find happiness. It's amazing. If you've never read the book of Acts, sit down and read the book of Acts and see how many times the disciples are beaten and jailed and their response is either to praise God or start singing hymns. Because happiness, hear me now, if I have one big idea, it's this. Happiness is relational, not situational. Happiness is relational, not situational. Happiness comes when you have a right relationship with God and with others. That's where happiness comes from. And that is a happiness you can never lose. You will never, ever lose that. And it's what we were designed to do. Here's why it makes so much sense. Here's why. I'm wrapping up because I know it's hot. And I, and I, I do want to beat the other churches to the restaurants. So I... I know it's hot, but you were designed for this. The reason this will make you happy is you were designed to be this. You were designed 
to love and worship God and to love and serve others. Your creator created you to care for others, not for yourself. But our knee-jerk response is always to think about ourselves. And it's natural. We spend 24-7 with ourselves. And we just want, 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 want. And we're always thinking about what we want. We're hardly ever thinking about what others need. But that's what we were designed to be. And this is the deal. If you use anything, I don't care what it is, you use anything in a way that it was not designed to be used, it will break. And so it's no, it's no there's, there's the reason why there's so many broken people in this world is they're not doing what they were designed to do. They were designed to worship God, to love God, and to serve others. That's what you were designed to be. And that's why when you get into that sweet spot, there's even research out there. There's one guy who came up with this. I, I tell you, it's amazing. The scientists keep finding out what the Bible already said 2,000 years ago. That, that they said that it's called flow. That if you get into your sweet spot and you're doing what you were really just organized to do, what's in your DNA, if you're doing that, you feel it, you know it, and you're happy. This is what we were designed to do. This is how we find flow. And it begins with knowing I need God. I need a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And I need to, I want to grow closer to him. That's the deal. I'm telling you, if you don't use something, if you use something in a way it was not designed to be used, it'll break. Now, I understand there's sometimes there are exceptions to that. I've been in spots where I've had hammer nails with baseball bats. I've done that. I, you know, I was poor once, um, so I, I've been there. But, you know, with few exceptions, it reminds me, I remember reading a novel uh, set in the South. Uh, it was a long time ago. I read it maybe 20 years ago. And the novel was about this sweet Christian lady who had this great big home, and so she would just welcome anyone into her, her home. So there was a, a man who was mentally disabled, and there was a recent uh, parolee from prison, and she brought them both into her house. And one time, I remember the parolee was having this argument with a mentally disabled man, and he was trying to open a can with a bottle opener. And uh, the parolee was saying, look, this is a can opener. Use the can opener to open the can. He goes, but you can open it with a bottle opener. He says, yeah, I know you can open it with a bottle opener, but the can opener is what was designed to open cans. He said, but you can open it with a bottle opener. He said, you can open it by running it over with a truck that doesn't make the truck a can opener. He said, it does for a minute. <laughs> but typically, if we don't do what we were designed to do, it just doesn't work. Happiness, we have confused happiness with temporary pleasure. And the simple fact is, you cannot put together a happy life just by putting one temporary pleasure after the other. First of all, you'd need billions of dollars to do that, and all kinds of time, and yet it's not going to happen. Happiness is a state of mind you get to once you have a right relationship with God and you're serving others. When you're serving others. That's what it's all about. You were not designed to be all about you. You were designed to be about God and others. And so if you just focus on yourself, ironically, you get more miserable. So, 
Now, next week, we're going to continue on this. We're going to continue working through uh, the Beatitudes. We're going to talk about what it means to be happy to be meek and happy of those who mourn. So I want to ask you to invite people to church. We will get the AC fixed this week, Lord willing. I'm going to, as soon as Ralph gets back from vacation, I'll just have him lay hands on it or something. Um, hey, let me pray for you guys, and then we'll break, all right? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for, so, for everything, for our creation, for every day that you've given us, this beautiful day that we have, for this group that's come in from out of town to, to help this area. I ask that you bless them as they serve others. I ask that this church be unified, that this church be faithful, that this church be free from satanic attack, that it just go out there, serve you faithfully, spread your gospel. May they be happy people because may they be people who th- hunger and thirst for you and your righteousness to be closer to you every single day. I pray for them all. Ask that you truly do bless them with happiness. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you, God. Bless you. God goes with you. See ya. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.